Welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a Catholic talk radio show by men and for men. I'm Matt Palmer, one of your co-hosts with Catholic Men's Ministry in the Diocese of Columbus. And I am so joined, uh, so happy to be joined by my brother in Christ and our other co-host, Devin Shad with Fathers of St. Joseph. Hey, Devin, how you doing, brother? Hey, Matt, it's great to be with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful day, and, and Devin and I are so excited to have Keith Nestor as our guest today for this conversation. Keith, how are you, brother? What's going on out there in Iowa? I'm doing fantastic. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, Iowa is the land of the hurricane this, uh, this summer, so <laughs> we're all still dealing with that, but God is good, and we just roll with it, brother. Yeah, we just roll with it. <laughs> For all you guys out there that are listening, Keith is, uh, gosh, what a beautiful brother in Christ. He has a ministry called Down to Earth. We'll learn more about that. He's married to his beautiful wife, Estelle, and they have three children that are uh, adult kids. And um, gosh, De- um, Devin, you know, I've learned from Keith that he's a former Protestant pastor, a convert. Like me, brother. Keith, we both came into the fullness of the faith. Isn't it wonderful? It is awesome, man. It's, it's, isn't it crazy to think that you feel more at home in a place that you know you never had been before than where you were your whole life? Wow, that's uh, that's beautifully put. Hey, before we get too far into this, guys, I'm going to invite Devin to just open us in prayer so that all the guys listening, we can just start uh, by inviting the Lord into this conversation. Devin, would you would you get us going with prayer, please, brother? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we love you, and we, we trust you because you are so sure, you are so dependable. You don't change. You want to share your glory. You want us to participate in your plan. You're not selfish. You don't hoard your gifts or your glory, but you really want us to be one with you. Um, as your Son told us, that he wants us to be one with you as he is one with you. And so we just come to you before you right now, begging for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit to make us one with you so that we can experience your power, your glory, you know, all of that in our lives so that we can manifest your will, so we can be holy manifestations and revelations of your glory. We ask this in your Son's most powerful and glorious name, and also, Blessed Mother Mary and St. Joseph, we beg you to consecrate us as you consecrated the Lord Jesus in the temple, to consecrate us to God so that we may be holy and set apart for a sacred mission, so that we may do the Father's will. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Devin. Amen. Beautiful. And you know, that's a great place to start, uh, Keith, when I think about your ministry. This, this call that we have to greatness. You know, when I think of holiness, it's kind of a word that sometimes guys think, ugh, holiness, what does that mean? But, I, you know, I, I've, I've tried to think about holiness as just living this the greatness of our calling as men. And I know one of your heart's desires is to see men step into their greatness. But gosh, we're at a time in the history of the church and, and society and culture where men seem to be confused by that. You know, you talk about your work uh, earlier as a Protestant pastor and, and now your work. What, what What's going on out there with us, with, with men, that we are, we are struggling so much to understand our, our greatness? Well, I think, first of all, we have to recognize you know, what the Bible talks about when it comes to glory, you know, and 
how the glory of God is revealed in each of us as we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You know, we're, we're, we're what God puts up on his mantle and says, hey, everybody, take a look. This is, this is what I did. But yet what we've, what we've come to understand greatness to be is so different, I think, than, than what God has, has called us to be. So we think as the world that greatness is about earning a lot of money, um, accomplishing a lot of, of worldly things, and establishing ourselves in the, you know, the pecking order of society. But what God defines greatness as is, is something completely different. You know, it's upside down. It's, it's humility. It's service. But yet at the same time, it's also sacrifice and protection and leadership. And I think when it comes to our faith, men have been sort of grown up in this weird um, whitewashed version of what Christianity tells us we're supposed to be. And one of two things I see either happens, maybe, maybe three. The first thing is that men oftentimes feel inadequate when it comes to the leadership role of their family when it comes to leading them in the faith. So they just completely back away from that and they pass that off to their wives or someone else. So I remember as a, as a pastor looking out in the church and it just broke my heart to see all these, these moms with their little kids, but no dad. And you talk to dad once in a while, you'd ask, where's dad? Oh, he's at home or he's playing golf. Or I talked to these women, they would say things like, well, my husband, he, he, He's okay with me going to the church and taking the kids to church, but it's just not his thing. And to me, I kind of look at that as one of the greatest tragedies of our time, is that our men have been so stripped of their understanding of greatness and spiritual leadership that they have completely just dropped the ball with that. And I think sometimes, you know, in, in the church world, we don't, always, we don't always do things to help that, because... Oftentimes, you know, when the men have fallen away and the women are the ones that step up, they're, they're designing things, they're creating things that speak to who they are. So when a man shows up to church, he's like, okay, this looks like this was something that was created for, you know, for a woman. And he can't relate to it. So I've seen that. Well, then I've seen as a reaction to that, you know, some church leaders or some guys want to go the complete opposite way. And, you know, they want to tell men that, look, unless you grow a really awesome beard, and have a hot rod car and can bench press 350 pounds and, you know, you don't look like a lumberjack, you're not a real man. And then some guys are in the middle of that, they go, well, I guess I'm not a real man for them either. So there's a lot of us that think they can feel like we just don't know where to go with them. Yeah. Devin, um, gosh, I, I think we can all relate to this. Um, share with our guys out there, Devin, you know, this, we started with glory and I love that. I love that notion of glory and Talk about how each man is um, reveals something of, of of God the Father that is is unique. I, I want the guys. I think we need to start with guys really seeing a vision of of how truly great we have been made and 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 what we're made for. Share with the guys a little bit about that. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, the bottom line is that God has given the human father. Well, okay, maybe we should just back up just a little bit because. I think there's three stages to a man's life, if we're just making it super simple. There is boyhood, manhood, and fatherhood. And boyhood is when it's all about me. So people take care of me. I, I don't do anything on my own. Everybody's at 
my service, meaning uh, or everybody's serving me. Um, and, you know, then we move to manhood, which is we begin to take responsibility, make my car payment. I, I'm, I'm going to school. I'm, I'm getting good grades. I get a great job. And, and we maybe start to branch out and do things sacrificially or serving, but really there's still an element of, okay, I'm going to get something out of this. But when we move into fatherhood, temporal fatherhood, a biological fatherhood, it ushers us into spiritual fatherhood, at least it should, that dynamic, and that's the pinnacle because at that point our responsibilities multiply exponentially. I'm not only responsible for myself, but now I'm responsible for my wife, for my children, not only temporally, but for their souls, for their salvation, to carve that path through the thicket of this world to get them to heaven. And so there's a lot of pressure on us. There's a lot of pressure. But the point is, is that that glory is in the fact that we're called to become icons of God the Father. And this is an icon, you know, is, is a painting, if you will, that when you look into it, you get a piece of heaven. You can almost see through it to see heaven. And, and that's the idea with us human fathers, believe it or not. We're called to be that icon which people look at us and they can catch a glimpse of the Heavenly Father. They know He's real. They know His love, His mercy, His power, His strength, His endurance and resilience, that it's real. And so we as fathers were called to be the face of the Father that our children cannot see, you know, the voice of the Father that our children cannot hear, and the touch of the Father that our children cannot feel. And when that is absent, then, then God's, God the Father's presence becomes minimized in our world, and that's what we've got going on today. I think atheism as it is at an all-time high because human fathers have, you know, inadvertently, if you will, be forgotten to reflect God the Father. And this is in the Scripture. I mean, Ephesians chapter 3, I think it's verse 15, you know, St. Paul says, I bend my knee before God the Father of heaven and earth, from whom every father on earth is named. So we're named in God the Father. And it says in Matthew 7 verse 11, he tells us that, you know, you who want to give good gifts to your children, you know, you're like your Heavenly Father, but your Heavenly Father wants to give great things to you, you know, and, and so we're called to be that icon of the Heavenly Father, and that's where our glory is manifest. But it's so opposite to the world, because the world tells us that you've got to have prestige. It's, I call it the six Ps. You've got to have prestige and prominence. You've got to have power and profit and pleasure and possessions. But really what we need is we need to have the presence of God, which cultivates peace, and that comes from our vocation as being a husband in the image of Christ and a father in the image of God the Father. That's true glory. Mm. Guys out there that are listening, uh, this is Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a show for men, by men, and uh, I'm really blessed to be here with Keith Nestor and Devin Shad. Devin and I are co-hosts. My name is Matt Palmer. I'm with the Catholic Men's Ministry in the Diocese of Columbus. Uh, Devin is the founder of Fathers of St. Joseph. And our guest today is Keith Nestor, a convert to the faith, a former Protestant pastor, uh, a husband, a father of three, and um, runs, heads a ministry called Down to Earth. Keith, we were just listening to Devin kind of give us <laughs> a beautiful glimpse of of, of of the greatness that we're called to. And it's so sad that we as men are, are, the culture seems to be blinding us to this great vision. And it's almost like the bar, we don't understand 
the 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 beauty of uh, and and the the richness and the heroic calling that God's given us, and we're we're just kind of um, living on morsels instead of stepping into this incredible adventure, this incredible journey. What what would you you know when you're out with men? What what are the reasons that they are struggling to see? the vision of greatness that God has given us, the glory, the glory of God is man fully alive. St. Irenaeus. What, why, why aren't guys aware of it? Why aren't they seeing it? What's, what's the problem? Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of problems. I think one of the problems is that, you know, are, is rooted in the, and you have to look at each guy's personal relationship with Jesus. And if the guy doesn't know Jesus, if the guy doesn't know God, then he can't know himself because, mm. Our existence as men, like Devin said, you know, our fatherhood is named by God. Like, he established that and passed that to us. Fatherhood is not something, and, and even, I would even say manhood, is not something that we, like, attribute to God so we can understand him better. It's something that God gives to us. But if we don't know God, if we're not following God, then it's impossible for us to really know what any of this looks like. So I always start with a man's personal relationship with God before, you know, when we talk about what's a guy supposed to do, you can't do anything if, if, you're not, if you're not in right relationship with God yourself. So I always start there. And I find that once a man has come into a right relationship with God, then he can begin to unpack his, his biblical role and his, his role given to him by God in order to be the man that God created him to be. But again, we live in this society that gives us, it, it lies to us, it gives us wrong messages. And our reaction to those messages can take us down all kinds of, all kinds of crazy places. So we have, to, we have to start with what's true, what's real, where do we come from, to whom do we belong, recognizing that you know, the goal of this life is not to step over everybody else that you have to, to get the most toys and the most accolades of the world before you die. The goal of this life is to is to be in right relationship with God and to love and serve the Lord, and and it's impossible to do that if men first don't understand that. Yeah, so we we have to always begin with that. You know, Devin, um, I just it's so helpful to hear Keith kind of express that, and and I think sometimes we don't realize how much Satan is kind of behind this confusion and. Um, is blocking uh, in whatever ways he can our understanding of ourself, our knowledge uh, of God, our relationship with God. What what are some of the what's Satan? How does he work in all of this, Devin? Well, I mean that's a huge question, um, but obviously I think Keith's got it right. It, you know, when Keith talks about first, you've got to have the personal relationship with God or Christ, you, you, and then you've got to be able to unpack your biblical rule afterwards. I think the key here is is that we as men, we we don't know how to allow ourselves to be fathered by God. You know, you look at Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus' confidence, in a sense, human, like, his, you know, Jesus is the hypostatic union. He's a both-and. He's God and man, perpetually, eternally. He's God and man now. And Yet in his humanity, his confidence didn't just come from his human nature. His confidence came from the fact that he was aligned and integrated with God the Father. He loved his Father, and he knew his Father loved him. He knew his Father delighted in him. 
You know, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. At that point, when God said that at the baptism of Jesus, Jesus had basically done nothing publicly. Mm. And that totally flies in the face of every guy in our world, you know, all of us, because, like he said, we're looking for the accolades, we're looking for the honors, we're, we're looking to be prestigious and have that power. And at that point, Jesus was hidden. There was nothing he did publicly that a man could say, yeah, he's awesome, he's so great, he's so powerful and with it, and we got to follow him. No. And yet God the Father says, I'm well pleased. Why? Because Jesus took all that power of being God, and he submitted to two human parents, and he served in silence and in secrecy, and he worked out the redemption of mankind in 30 years of secrecy in Nazareth. And I think, just real quick, what's so beautiful about that is he learned, humanly speaking, he learned that from St. Joseph. It says in the Scripture that when Joseph wanted to put Mary away privately, that word privately in the Greek is lathra, which means secretly. And so Joseph wasn't, like, talking to everybody about what Mary's pregnancy meant or what was going on. He took it to the Lord. He lived this very hidden life with the Lord. And this is, I think, where we men, we really need to step up to the plate in faith, because I think a lot of times we don't have faith that if we do it just for the Lord, that the Lord sees it, that the Lord blesses it, that the Lord, in a sense, as He promises, will reward us, okay? And so we want to receive our reward already by letting people know what we're doing, you know? And, you know, telling everybody about our achievements and all that. But I think when we're true sons of the Father, we begin to move beyond that mentality of beating our chest, and telling everybody what we're doing on Facebook and on YouTube. And then what happens is we begin to really live for God. And that's when we're dangerous to the devil, because he can't see us. We're doing all this work behind the radar, and we're changing the world. Wow. Keith, um, I'm really struck by this notion of Joseph. Um, And I think sometimes the Church, uh, through the centuries, has not always helped us understand or have a proper vision of Joseph and what a, you know, what a warrior this guy was. So kind of take Devin's notion here of, of first of all, Christ in those 30 years. I, I love that, Devin, that 30 years of, of kind of silence and then three years of public ministry. Um, Keith, Joseph is kind of, is, is, is similar. We, we, we don't hear from him and yet his life speaks so powerfully for us. What, what can we how can we think more accurately about Joseph and pull from his life things that we can um, can use and live today? Well, I think recognizing that Joseph's greatness doesn't come from, you know, the things that we go, oh, man, Joseph got up and gave this incredible talk, or Joseph beat <laughs> down this incredible enemy. You know, Joseph just simply, he Joseph was the guy who didn't say a lot, but did a lot. You know? yeah. And every, every good team or every good organization needs a guy like that who doesn't get bogged down with things but just and doesn't make a big deal out of who he is, but just gets in there and does exactly what he's supposed to do. And that's what St. Joseph did. I mean, when you think about the fact that, that he was the one who taught Jesus how to be a man, I mean, think about that. We don't. It's hard for us to imagine Jesus needing to be taught anything because he's God and he already knows everything from a certain way. But he still had to learn how to do things. You know, he didn't. He wasn't born knowing how to walk and talk and swing a swing a hatchet. You know, he, Joseph taught him how to do those things. And 
when we think about that model of leadership of protecting his family, I mean, obviously he took he took uh, the Holy Family down to Egypt to protect them from Herod, and he, I believe, very humbly, but also very, very intentionally led his family in greatness and holiness, and that's a model for all of us to learn from. There's... Um... The greatness of humility, I don't know that on this side of, of heaven we'll really understand um, the power of humility and that um, as, a, as a virtue that it really enables us to live all the other virtues. Um, Devin, I know you've thought uh, and studied the life of St. Joseph. Let's, let's stay with that a little bit more. I think guys could use a little more concrete. Let's build on what Keith has been sharing um, what, what else about Joseph can we, you know, I think about a man in his time taking Mary into his home uh, with all the kind of confusion surrounding um, the immaculate, uh, her, conce- her conception of Jesus, um, his, his incarnation. Talk about how, you know, how Joseph had to be heroic in, uh, and humble in understanding God's call to him in those moments. Yeah, okay. So I think, first of all, Joseph, uh, you know, there's a lot there. There's so much there in the relationship of Joseph and Mary. I, I, I believe, along with St. Bernard, St. Augustine, and a lot of the fathers of the Church, that Joseph and Mary had a pact, a virginal pact. That was an agreement that they had made. But Joseph, by no stretch of the imagination, thought that Mary would conceive the Son of God. I mean, that wasn't on his radar. And it's interesting because when he finds out and he discovers this truth and it says that Joseph pondered these things, the Greek word is like, I think it's like enthomeia, which means it's where we get the word thumos or spiritedness, like this passionate kind of like response, this almost like a, a righteous sort of like grieving or anger in a way. And so like, but St. Joseph, he was passionate about the Blessed Virgin Mary. It wasn't like he was just this 90-year-old or 190-year-old or 290-year-old guy who lost his libido and didn't have any love for the Virgin Mary. No, he loved her intensely as a young, virile man and gave up his desire for sexual intercourse in order to protect her and defend her, and then he discovers this. And so what does he do? He kind of is like, he's, he's, he's pondering, he's trying to figure it out, but he takes it to God, and he waits, and he waits, even though he's passionate in the waiting. And I think this is for all of us guys, you know, whether you're married, whether you're single, whatever, you need to be passionate about what you believe in, about what you want in life. You need to be passionate about what you're praying for. And, and, and that's the whole, you know, parable, the persistent widow and all that. She keeps begging for the judgment. You know, she wants the judge to judge on her behalf. We have to pray fervently. And I think that's the key with Joseph. Joseph's lifeline was his prayer life. And that's what made him the great leader. And, and you know, we, we understand Mary's full of grace. She's perfect. Kerich Tome, you know, it's the Greek where it means it, she's, she was perfectly full of grace even before the angels' um, greeting from the beginning, you know. And then you got Jesus full of grace and truth, as John one fourteen tells us. And so Joseph has to be the father of this perfect family, and he's, he's the least perfect. But yet, God calls him to be this great spiritual leader, and that spiritual leadership is dependent on his passionate prayer life. He's going to God on behalf of his spouse, Mary. He's going to saying, what should I do? How do I figure this out? And God constantly is telling Joseph what to do. 
And that's the sign right there that God chose him to lead. After the, after the incarnation, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, God disclosed his directives for the Holy Family to St. Joseph. And, and the Blessed Mother said, go for it. You know, that's, that's what we need to do here. Joseph, you lead. And thanks be to God, he did. And so for us, practically speaking, what do we need to do? We need to be like Joseph. We need to passionately pray for our wives, for their needs. We need to bear their burdens as our own. We need to passionately pray for the salvation of our children every day, day in and day out. We need to pray for their needs, and we need to passionately get involved in their lives. Amen, brother. Keith, you know, when I think about this charge that um, Devin has kind of put forward, um, you know, you're out in your ministry down to earth. You're out with, with guys, with families. You're speaking. You're, you're, I'm sure you're counseling um, make it even a little more concrete for us. What, what would you, how do we, how do we become Joseph's today? What, what will that look like in our homes and in our relationship with our, with our wives and our children? Kind of take Devin's, uh, um, initial, uh, image and just put a little more color onto it for, for all of us, would you? Yeah. So I think number one, let's just give some practical things we can do. Okay. Guys. Recognize right now that it is your job to get your family to Mass every single weekend, okay? So your job is to make sure that happens. You're not, like, just deferring that to your wife and going along. You're the one making that happen. And I would take it a step further and find a way to maybe the night before or whatever to lead your family in a little bit of a Bible study over the, what the readings are going to be. At least read them to them. I think, I think guys need to, need to step up into that place where they go, okay, hey, before we go to Mass, let me just share with you what the readings are going to be. Great idea. Obviously, pray with your family. I know that's weird for a lot of guys, but it's a simple thing. But how many guys do it? How many guys are like ready to say, before you have meals with your family, we're gonna, I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer? And then, so, so I think those are the, the, the two simplest but yet hardest things for guys to just step into sometimes are those small little leadership things. So that's, that's kind of the, the practical thing. But before that, I, I want you guys to go through your house and, and look around in your house, and I want you to recognize that your job is to guard your family against evil. So if there are things in your house that, you know, maybe there are movies or, or, or whatever, I don't know, things that are, are you allowing evil into your house? Have you set up a, a barrier of protection? against what the enemy wants to do in your home, get your house blessed, set up an area of protection, make sure that there's nothing that evil that's coming into your home, and recognize that you stand at the door, like you're the shepherd of your home, and the wolves are going to try to, the wolves are going to try to get in and steal those little lambs from you. You've got to stand there and make sure it doesn't happen. We're going to leave it there, guys. Um, what an amazing conversation we've had. I'm so blessed. Devin and I are just so grateful, Keith, that you would join us. Down to Earth Ministry, Keith Nestor. Thanks for being with us, brother. This has been Iron Sharpens Iron. It's a show for men, by men, helping us live the greatness, the great adventure of our our journey as Catholic men in the faith. Guys out there, have a great day. God bless. We'll see you again soon. Take care.